0: Happy holidays, folks, and welcome to the annual Christmas edition of WrestleRant Radio here today for December 20th, 2018. I'm your Christmas correspondent, Graham G.S. Matthews. Hope you guys are doing well. Bit of a change in plans here today, as we originally planned on having the returning at Jamie Lee Mack from the Twitter machine back here in WrestleRant Radio. They helped me break down the 2018 TLC pay-per-view from Sunday night. Instead, we're bringing you an early Christmas gift. For the first time in about two months, we got the returning Alexis DeJack. i the one, the only, the gorgeous girlfriend of mine. Help me break down the Ring of Honor Final Battle pay-per-view from last Friday night at the Hammerstein Ballroom. We had an amazing time at the event in the heart of New York City. So we're talking all about that here in today's show. And her two cents on her first ever Ring of Honor show. Her third wrestling show overall. And how it will compare to the SmackDown taping that we went to back in August. And the WWE house show that we went to back in October. So, also in today's show, I'm talking all about the TLC show from Sunday, an abbreviated summary review of the show from a few days ago, as well as the latest happenings, the shakeup, what went down on Monday's Raw when Vince McMahon appeared for the first time in many months. Well, I'm talking all about that here in today's show, but first, a few cheap plugs. Of course, Wrestle Rant Radio new episodes available every single Thursday, not only on nextairwrestling.net, but also on iTunes. Simply search up Wrestle Rant Radio on the Apple Podcast app. Rate the show, review the show, subscribe to the show. You not only get every new episode on Thursdays, you also get every archived episode dating back to the show's debut in October of 2013. So, 5 years worth of content for your listening pleasure all on iTunes and various other platforms. Not only that, but next week here on the show, it's our final episode of WrestleRant Radio in 2018. And per usual, for the sixth consecutive year, we're closing out the Year of the Bang, the 2018 WWE NXT Year in Review Awards, where you guys vote on the Superstar of the Year for WWE NXT, the Match of the Year the feud of the year, show of the year, most disappointing superstar of the year, and all these other great categories. So, if you haven't already, vote right now on nextarwrestling.net. The link is available on the homepage, or if you want to get specific, it's under the year or the week in review tab at the top of the website. Scroll down to year in review awards. You could vote in all the categories immediately. See the results. So. No real surprise what's winning next week, but we are breaking down, reviewing, and recapping the year that was 2018 for WWE, with the one and only returning Mr. Marceau back for the first time since the Epic Survivor Series weekend preview. He's usually only here on the show to help me break down the big four pay-per-views such as Royal Rumble, WrestleMania, SummerSlam, and... um and, of course, Survivor Series. I almost forgot what the last Big Four pay-per-view was there for a moment. But he is coming back for a special occasion next Thursday, per his request, to help me review the results of the 2018 WWE NXT Year in Review Awards. So all that and much, much more on next week's edition of WrestleRant Radio. But let's get to today. It's a blockbuster edition of WrestleRant Radio, the one and only... At Lex the DiGiacomo on the Twitter machine helping me break down and review and give our on-site report from last Friday's Ring of Honor Final Battle Pay-Per-View 2018 live from the Hammerstein Ballroom at the Manhattan Center in New York City. This is your on-site report and review of Ring of Honor's 2018 Final Battle Pay-Per-View. The second straight year yours truly has been in attendance. My fourth Ring of Honor show overall. And I gotta say, hands down, the best Ring of Honor show I've been to yet. That was that Ring of Honor All-Star Extravaganza back in 2016, featuring Ladder War 6. We had Ladder War last night, or on Friday night, rather. My second Ring of Honor show is Final Battle 2017. A good show, not quite spectacular, but a pretty good show. Uh, Third show is a Ring of Honor television taping back in June of this year. And, of course, my fourth show is Final Battle 2018. The build of the show was better than any other Ring of Honor pay-per-view I've seen in some time. And despite how little buzz the Ring of Honor like weekly television shows get, they're not always like they're not always like firing in all cylinders. But the pay-per-views themselves are consistently some of the best events I see all year in professional wrestling. That includes WWE, NXT, Impact, Lucha, the Ring of Honor shows Bar none are some great, fantastic wrestling, some of the best pay-per-views you will watch all year. Final Battle 2018, at least in my opinion, was exactly that. Ring of Honor's had some great shows this year on TV, special events, Honor Club exclusives on pay-per-view. But I think Final Battle 2018 takes the cake. Uh, So joining me at this time who is also there in attendance for all the action on Friday night in the heart of New York City, the Manhattan Center Hammerstein Ballroom for Final Battle 2018. My fellow Ring of Honor correspondent, the beautiful, the one and only, sorry, Ricochet, Alexis DiGiacomo. Alexis, welcome back to WrestleRant Radio.
1: Thank you for having me again.
0: So soon after your last appearance on the show, I just pitched the idea to you a few days ago about coming back to WrestleRant Radio to help me break down the 2018 Final Battle Pay-Per-View, which, of course, you were out there with me, you were at the show with me, so I figured it was only fitting to have you back for one of our last um, shows of 2018 here on WrestleRant Radio. This will be the... Uh, December 20th show. Next week we have the results of the 2018 WWE slash NXT Year and Review Awards, which by this point in the podcast I've already plugged, but can't do so enough. Can't do it enough. Be sure to do so on nextairwrestling.net. Vote for the match of the year, feud of the year, superstar of the year, shocking moment of the year. Alexis voted. You should too. So that's next week with the one and only Mr. Marceau. We have the one and only Alexis DiGiacomo on today's show to help me break down Ring of Honor. So Alexis, To kind of preface this conversation here, Mm -hmm. so far you've been to two wrestling shows with yours truly. We went to a SmackDown taping back in August, also in New York, which was a pretty good show. Mm -hmm. And Then a WWE house show on a whim back in October, which was also good. Nothing to write home about. We reviewed that here in the podcast two months ago. Check that out if you haven't already. But um, obviously, the best show you've been to yet. The third show that you've been to with me is the 2018 Final Battle Pay-Per-View. Is that correct? Yes, it has to be.
1: It it was by far the best thing I've ever seen.
0: So, as someone who is not really exposed, who just flat out isn't exposed to anything except for WWE, what you watch with me, and sometimes NXT, Mm -hmm. how does this differ from the regular WWE product that we see every Monday and Tuesday, and even the NXT show?
1: Well, I noticed like all the wrestlers are more focused on the technical wrestling, and um, it was a lot like grittier and dirtier and it was not kid-friendly which I think is better in my opinion because when you're catering to children it just kind of masks the whole like mystique that is wrestling like Mm -hmm. it it takes all the dirt out of it which I think there needs to be some of some of that in there and it was a lot smaller it was in like I was expecting it to be in like a This big ass stadium, but that's not what it was like. It was tiny. And we were sitting in front of like, or we were sitting behind, uh, these two
0: taller gentlemen,
1: fucking tall ass men and kind of like cranking our neck the entire Mm -hmm. time to look, but honestly, well worth it. Like it was well worth it. I, I've already told you I've only been to three, but it was the best thing I've ever seen. And it was probably the best televised thing or just the best entertainment thing I've ever seen in my life. It was so much fun. It was and I quite know nothing the spectacle, about
0: it. and you know nothing about it exactly. That was the key of the show. I told you, you guys knew nothing. With, we brought your brother Dylan. Mm-hmm. Um, he was asking me the same thing, and you might have asked me the same thing as well. Do we need to know anything before we go to the show on Friday? Do we need to know anything about the wrestlers who's going to be there? Blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. Obviously, some names you know, um, Cody Rhodes of WWE fame, mm-hmm. Bully Ray to an extent. And a few others, Dylan knew a few others because we had seen them at that Northeast Wrestling show that Mm -hmm. we went to in August together. So he was kind of a bit more familiar with some of the people. You were familiar a bit more with the storylines. You did check it out, an episode of Being the Elite with me um, a few weeks ago, which the new episode might even be up as we speak. I want to watch that at some point. I'm sure it's going to be amazing. They were filming for Being the Elite at the end of the pay-per-view. I don't think you knew this, Alexis. I didn't tell you this, but what they did at the end of the show with the Young Bucks saying goodbye, and they all said goodbye because their contracts are expiring, which we will talk about momentarily, that was not on the pay-per-view. That was off the show. That was exclusively for the live crowd. That was filmed for, Cody had the webcam in his hand, whatever. Yeah. That was for his show. That was for their show on the YouTube channel, so we're going to see that on YouTube pretty soon. I took a video of it. Your brother took a video of it. A lot of people took a video of it. The footage is available online, but what Mm -hmm. I'm telling you is that, that was not for the pay-per-view audience. They went off the air immediately after the match ended, so which was pretty cool. We'll talk about that momentarily, though. Kicking off the actual show, um, a match that was added to the card at the last minute, a gentleman by the name of Eli Isom taking on Kenny King, a former Ring of Honor World television champion. Um, decent match here. Isom is just kind of getting started. As you can tell, he's a rookie. You kind of pointed it out to yourself during the course of the show saying, it's pretty obvious that he doesn't exactly know what he's doing and he's yeah. not that good. Um, The other guy I thought was a lot better. They made this, for what this was, considering it had no prior buildup or a storyline incorporated in. I thought it was a good, well-wrestled match. Got the meaningless match out of the way early. I like the fact that Kenny King won. There was no upset victory here. Clear-cut victory for Kenny King as he makes the rise up in Ring of Honor. Overall, a fine match. Any other thoughts on this outing?
1: Uh to say about it because it's
0: like it really wasn't a lot to pick apart here
1: it was uh entertaining though
0: it was entertaining a lot of slaps a lot of intensity here yeah
1: a lot of uh a lot of me trying to prop myself up on fucking five coats this this
0: was really the match where we started to get comfortable seating wise we switched seats like at least three times yeah (laughs) at least three or four times yeah we
1: did i made a booster seat out of my coats
0: that's what had to happen in order for you to see them Yeah, yeah
1: that's that's correct
0: I will say this side note, though, and I've said this before because I've been to other shows in that same building slash part of the building. Because, like I told you, there's two parts of that. There's multiple parts of that building. There's the Hammerstein Ballroom, which is where we were. They had old ECW shows there back in the day. Another extreme company. Um, Upstairs is the Manhattan Center. That's where TNA Impact filmed a few shows. They filmed a few shows there a few years ago, which is how I got familiar with the venue. But even more so than that, the early Raws, back from 93, 94, were filmed at that building. If you go back and watch the very first Raw on the network, they filmed scenes outside the building where we were standing to get into the building, which is pretty cool. Um, Bobby the Brain Heenan's there, a few other WWE Hall of Famers, so fun fact for you. The venue is pretty cool. It's not your typical like big stadium like I told you. I told you that ahead of time. Yeah. It wasn't your XL Center. It wasn't your Madison Square Garden. Mm-mm. It's not the Barclays Center by any stretch. So it's very, um, very intimate. A very intimate, electric environment. That's mm-hmm. what we had on Friday. So yeah. this was a good way to kick off the show. For the Ring of Honor World Television Championship, this was an excellent match. One of the best bouts all night, in my opinion. Current champion, Jeff Cobb, the former Matanza from the Lucha Underground, for those keeping track at home, taking on the challenger, Hangman Adam Page. This was a fantastic match. And it was the only, only the second match on the entire show, which is pretty fucking impressive. Mm-hmm. Ah, uh, these guys kicked the shit out of each other. There was not a single dull moment in this entire thing. I know you and your brother were trying to talk back and forth at turn points. I'm like, you can't keep your eye off. The- you can't keep your <laughs> eye off the action. There is always something happening here. Jeff is a fucking beast. Hangman Page is one of the best going and in- wrestling right now. He could be a big star in WWE at one point. I feel. And Jeff Cobb is just a super athlete for a guy of his size. And we also got the chance to meet him beforehand Mm -hmm. at the exclusive Ring of Honor fan meet and greet. We got to talk to Jeff Cobb real quick, and he's a nice guy, too. So got his autograph, got a picture of the Ring of Honor World Television Champion. But, yeah, overall, a great match. I thought this was fucking awesome. Mm -hmm. Awesome is the best word to describe this.
1: Yeah, I agree. I saw some star power in uh, Hangman Page. And Dylan loved him. Dylan just ate that up.
0: He loves Hangman. He
1: loves Hangman, and everybody else did too. You could everybody was like rooting for him. They wanted him to win. It was it was kind of half and half though. To one point, some drunks behind us were like cheering for both of them. And I'm both these guys. Both Both these guys guys. exactly. Exactly, it was, a, it was a fantastic match. It wasn't wasn't my favorite though, we'll get to my favorite. We'll
0: get to our favorite, we'll get to our favorite. We'll get
1: to my favorite, and I will talk later all about it, I'm very excited. But oh, this pff. one, this one like got me really excited, like I'm like, I was just starting to think to myself, I'm, like, damn, this is like a five star hotel, what's WWE, that's like a fucking one star review on Yelp for mm-hmm. a shitty hotel in like wow. Paris or something.
0: In Paris or something yeah. she says, wow. yeah. So, good stuff, good stuff. But, um, yeah, no, this match was excellent. I thought this was awesome. A great way for Hangman Page, another member of the Elite that will be leaving in the near future from Ring of Honor. So, obviously, a great way for him to go out. Jeff Cobb hit his finisher not once, but twice consecutively. He goes over looking like a star here. Like you said, the crowd is behind Hangman. They were behind Cobb. Very rare situation where the crowd is going nuts for both guys. And sometimes in a situation like this, you'll get a you'll get a situation you'll get a thing where the crowd can't decide who to cheer for because mm-hmm. they like both guys mm-hmm. so they remain quiet but that was far from the case here the crowd was into this they were yeah. electric they loved both guys really did not matter who won i fucking love this i thought it was a great match chevkov still the ring of honor world television champion our third match in the show was the designated bathroom break for a lot of people <laughs> even i took the chance to go out and get food with your brother Yeah, Uh, I was kind of stuck watching it. We were not the only ones. There was other members of the audience that were in line for the concession stand. Because it was a long line. It took the entire match. By the time we got the food, the match was over. Mm -hmm. Um, But it was still a good match. I've since gone back and watched it. The women worked hard. It was the Fatal 4-Way 4 Corner Elimination Match for the Ring of Honor Women of Honor World Championship. That being Kelly Klein taking on the current champion, Sumi Sakai. And the other combatants included Madison Rayne and Karen Q. So, Alexis, first hand, you got to watch it. I was in line with Dylan. Yes. What did you think of this women's match?
1: Um, I thought some of it was a little joke worthy.
0: Okay. It
1: was, I, I, I will tell you though, like the, the woman that won Kelly Klein, sure. I did, I did like her imme- immediately because she's like a bitch. So, I I relate to her a little bit.
0: Didn't look like every other woman that you would see no. in wrestling either. No, no,
1: exa- I don't think any of them did, really, except for... No, no. I, none of them gave me that.
0: Like, no, yeah.
1: Just your average... Like I, Nikki
0: I, Bella or a no, Charlotte God, or no, know, whatever. No, God, no. Jesus yeah. Christ, no. No, mm-hmm.
1: fuck no. Like, <laughs> no. No, we're good on that. We'll have enough of that women wrestling cancer. Mm-hmm. But, um... No, I... I enjoyed watching I thought it was kind of unique that she beat or she eliminated all three of them.
0: I thought that was the best part of the entire match. That That's how impressive. you make a star. Yeah, it was really impressive. That's the point That's where unique. I feel like it was unique. It, it put that woman over as like a force to be reckoned with. Like this woman's a fucking badass. Yeah. Do not mess with mm-hmm. her. Um, Sumi Sakai had been champion since April. That was when the championship was instituted. Ring of Honor actually really had not had a women's championship ever until earlier this year which is pretty crazy.
1: That is.
0: And it was really a male-dominated company. It still is. It's Mm -hmm. by... You could trash WWE all you want. Their women's division is second to none. And it's infinitely better than Ring of Honors. Yeah. Uh, It's really just kind of getting off the ground at the moment. But the crowd are getting into the matches. I mean, early on, the crowd, from what I heard, wasn't really into this match. But the further it went along, Mm -hmm. the more they got into it. They applauded for the finish. I thought this was good with the right result. Sets up Kelly Klein as a force to be reckoned with. And by far the most dominant woman in that that entire Women of Honor women's division. Mm -hmm. Um, That leads us into our next match of the Ring of Honor debut of Zack Sabre Jr., a member of the Cruiserweight Classic a few years ago in WWE. He opted to not sign with WWE. He almost ended up in the Cruiserweight division. This guy is way better than that. 205 Live right now is great. Before recently, before this past year, the division was fucking shit. So I'm sure this guy would have regretted coming to WWE if that was the case. So gladly he did not sign um, he's been working all over the world ever since. He had a great debut here for ROH, taking on the Matt Classic Instant Wrestler. Instant Classic Matt Wrestler, I should say. That's a fucking tongue twister. Jonathan Gresham, the guy has been on a roll recently, took Jay Lethal to the limit in a 30-minute Iron Man match for the Ring of Honor World Championship a few short months ago. So the guy's been killing it recently. He is a no-nonsense type of guy. Zack Sabre Jr., a no-nonsense type of guy. They just beat the shit out of each other right here. Great pure technical wrestling match is what this was which is not going to be for everyone which is what I feel like the show accomplished too it had a little bit of something for everyone mm-hmm. you know you had your um, hardcore shit in the main event you had the run-ins and all the circumstance and circumstance in the I Quit match you had the women's match you had this which was a pure wrestling match you had the storytelling with um, Marty Skrull and Christopher Daniels and with Matt Taven and Dalton Castle which was pure intensity this show had everything, which is what I loved about it. But going back to this outing, great stuff. Could have lasted even longer than it did. At only 11 minutes in length. Could have went a little bit longer, but it was still a really, really good match. Love the finish. Very unique with Zack Sabre Jr. doing some sort of roll-up and like leaning backwards oh, yeah, with his that arms. that was cool. That was pretty cool. Um, the match was great, though. These guys slapped the shit out of each other here mm-hmm. and held nothing back. Yeah. So, again, excellent affair. Any other thoughts on this match, Alexis?
1: Uh no. Honestly no, nothing else to say. Good, nothing, bad, different? I, I liked it. It, was it good. didn't like stand out to me. The later ones kinda did. Um, but I feel like at this point I was still just kind of getting into it. I was kind of putting my attention back into it after not giving a fuck after during the women's For the women's match, match yep. Yeah. So gotcha. I'm like starting to force myself to get be back more interested. Into it. Okay. Yeah,
0: okay. So this one uh, kind of reignited your interest in the show. Um, after that, we had Matt Taven, the self-proclaimed real world champion of Ring of Honor, taking on the former Ring of Honor world champion Dalton Castle. Mm. We found out earlier, uh, prior to the mat, obvi- uh, prior to the match, obviously this is not officially recognized, uh, but Matt Taven putting his real world championship on the line here. He won anyway, so it didn't matter that mm-hmm. that he, it was on it was on the line. Um, no, but I thought this was good. The match. Suffered though. I thought it was great early on because they beat the shit out of each other. They were punching like they were punching each other, looking like it was like legitimate.
1: Mm-hmm. And they had
0: bad blood for each other. I'm sure that was all part of the match. It was all part of the show. But they made it look like like made you question like, do these guys actually hate each other? Is this part of the match? I thought that was good. Mm-hmm. So they went back and forth. Match was pretty good. Unfortunately, fell off a fucking cliff. Once uh, Dalton Castle, not Dalton Castle, Matt Taven. Shot to the outside, chest first Ugh. on the barricade. Ugly-ass spot. That the was crowd, terrible,
1: right in front of the crowd, too. They
0: never recovered. Um, the match was good. I thought it was a pretty good match. Could have been better without that shit. That was completely unnecessary. And they had to have known that he probably overshot it, but he had to have known there really isn't that much space in between the ring and the barricade. Mm-hmm. So why would you go as hard as you did with that type of move? I mean shit happens. Yeah. But that was pretty reckless. And he almost killed himself in the process. And people in the audience as well, considering mm-hmm. he landed right in their fucking laps. Um, the crowd just kinda died after that. It was a good match, but the crowd was like, Holy shit, what the hell did we just say? Like At
1: this at that point I was just like, Please go and get help. Yeah, get like- the match
0: over with, get help, end this thing ASAP, so no one gets any you know, gets further hurt. Um, but no, I thought it was a good match overall, Matt team and they kinda picked the Picked the pace back up in the final few minutes. The crowd got back into it. Matt Teeven, even with without interference, actually, the boys got ejected from ringside. Uh, the rest of the kingdom got ejected from ringside, that being TK Ryan and Vinny Marcellia. They got ejected from ringside. Even without all the bullshit, Matt Teeven goes over. One, two, three, clean as a sheet. Mm-hmm. He's your victor here. Any other thoughts in the match? Matt Teven still the real Ring of Honor mm-hmm. World Champion. Yeah, quote-unquote.
1: Quote-unquote. <laughs> um... It was it was good. The most of the time, I was just concerned for him, and I was mm-hmm. just like, you know what? I did see. I saw them like whispering. talking to, to each, each other. other a lot. Yeah, probably saying like.
0: I'm sure there were parts of the match that were ad libbed, not supposed like they either added in parts or took stuff out. Considering the guy could not do much,
1: he was he like. There's points in like other matches I've seen where they kind of are milking an injury, but he really. He was holding his chest. He looked at, like he was in real pain. Like I felt that.
0: Yeah, it felt real.
1: It it felt real, and I pretty sure it was like.
0: Yeah, no, it definitely was, definitely was. He was. He looked pretty beat up, but um. Yeah.
1: Yeah, his, no, I was surprised it didn't red too. He had like a big yeah. line on his chest.
0: Mm-hmm. I was surprised they didn't end it earlier than they did. This went for like several more minutes after that injury. It, so. it did.
1: It was a lot. It was a lot longer than I thought it was gonna be, but mm. it wasn't. It obviously wasn't bad. I mean, no, yeah. Take, let's compare that to Crown Jewel. So
0: anything compared sh- to Crown Jewel is a the fucking. The shit I took
1: yesterday is exactly. better than Crown Wolf. Jewel.
0: Well, Thanks for the visual. <laughs> uh, Matt Taven still goes over here. Good match. This is when we get into the really good stuff. Mm-hmm. I thought the upper oh my the second half of the show was fantastic. So first we have a number one contenders match. For the Ring of Honor World Championship, Christopher Daniels. So the whole storyline is this. A year ago, SoCal Uncensored was born. Christopher Daniels, Scorpio Sky, and Frankie Kazarian. They started wreaking havoc all over Ring of Honor. Mm-hmm. The COO of Ring of Honor, Jeff Cobb. Not Jeff Cobb, I'm sorry. Jeff, what's his fucking name? Joe Coff. Joe Coff, Not Jeff. Joe. Joe Coff. He said, "If you because you guys are wreaking all this havoc, your contracts expire at the end of the year instead of firing you guys. I'm gonna wait until your contract expires at the end of 2018 at Final Battle, and you guys are done after that. So they tried. they they realized where they went wrong. They turned face by doing so, realizing their their, their you know their um their irresponsible actions, blah blah blah. Realized the error of their ways is what I was going for there. One tag team title gold, Scorpio Sky and Frankie Kazarian did, which we'll get to later on. Christopher Daniels did not. Had he won this match? I believe his contract would have been extended because he would have had the championship shot at the top title. Clearly, it's not because he lost here. Mm -hmm. Um, But Marty Skrull did beat him for that title shot to begin with, so they had a rematch here. This was a good match. The crowd kind of took a little while to get into it. I thought it kind of started out a little slow. Mm -hmm. But again, another very well-wrestled match. Um, I have yet to watch the entire show back on pay-per-view. Really, almost none of it except for the women's match. But um, the commentators played up the story as I was kind of got the gist of online. The commentators were like, oh, Christopher Daniels fighting for his career. And the crowd's like solidly behind him here. Even though they weren't, it was really behind Marty Skrull. The mm. crowd was oh, yeah. super behind Marty here. They like Daniels and Daniels got a great thank you, Daniels chant afterwards. Um, but it was really all about Marty. The guy stole the show here. He did. He's got a great fucking ass entrance. He's a star. I've been saying that for two years now. The guy is an absolute star. He went over here decisively by tapping out Christopher Daniels in the chicken wing. um, And a great, fantastic final farewell for the Fallen Angel as he loses to Marty Skrull. So, storytelling-wise, I thought this was great. The in-ring action was entertaining. The right guy goes over, putting over the newer, the fresher face on his way out, doing the honors for the villain, Marty Skrull. So, any other takeaways from this match, Alexis, and your immediate thoughts on the villain, Marty Skrull?
1: Um, well, I am a fan I am i I'm as soon as I saw that entrance, like all the the plague mask. What?
0: Yeah, the plague. That mask. was cool. The plague was doctor really cool. mask. Yeah.
1: That was another another um another case of like star power that I saw. But this is kind of irrelevant, but it reminded me of um when Kurt Angle. Went against Drew McIntyre, mm-hmm. and it was yes, like actually, the young that's a and very, old.
0: Yes, that's a very good example. And he
1: was like really humiliated. It mm-hmm. reminded me exactly like that, like Marty Scroll was. Um, yeah. Drew McIntyre he yeah. was just humili- worker, yeah. humiliating. What's his name? Christopher Daniels. Christopher
0: Daniels. Yep. He going. was
1: like humiliating him, and mm-hmm. then at the end he got a, like a you know like oh good job, yay, yeah, you did yeah, yeah. it. Mm-hmm. You lost. Good job, but, but
0: yeah, like we would respect you kind of way. Yeah. yeah. Like I know what you're saying, yeah. Yeah, but like Kurt Angle, lost. whatever. Yeah, and he still lost. A yeah. loser's a loser at the yeah, end lo- of the day.
1: loser. Yeah. Yeah, he's a loser. <laughs> a loser. Well, yeah. I mean, it was kind of cute. Oh, and then it was a, that was a really good segue into the next match, though.
0: It was. So we had Christopher Daniels lose his career with Ring of Honor seemingly over, mm-hmm. and then out of nowhere comes this asshole, Bully Ray. Yep. Crashes the party. Christopher Daniels, eating up the adulation from the audience. Bully Ray, out of nowhere, lull blows him from behind. Daniels goes down. Bully Ray cuts a promo saying, we don't need you, Christopher Daniels. Time for my match. Flip Gordon, get your ass out here. To preface all this, this storyline with Bully Ray goes back to April or March. It's been going on for a long time now. Bully Ray initially retired from the ring at Final Battle 2017 in the very same building. He lost to the Briscoes. Tommy Dreamer was his tag team partner. He lost... He's retired. He's done. He said, LOL, JK, I'm coming back anyway. Fuck all you fans. Came back a few short months later, has been disrespecting the younger guys. That's really what his gimmick is. He hates the younger guys. But not only them, he's been disrespecting the commentators, the owner of Ring of Honor, the COO, Philip Gordon, a guy named Cheeseburger, everybody. Mm-hmm. He got his comeuppance here. He got everything that has been coming to him on this show. Did bully Ray. Um... Everything in the form of beatdowns, attacks. This was a great match. I quit. Flip Gordon, Bully Ray. Gordon comes out from the crowd to begin the match, which I thought was cool. With the mm-hmm. American flag, he has history with like the Marines or something like that. I forgot what his background is in the mm-hmm. military, but he comes out from there. I quit match. You weren't sure what an I quit match was. First opponent to make their first person to make their opponent say the words I quit verbally um, wins. So that's what this was. Before I go any further, Alexis, take it away.
1: Um I love this match. This was my favorite match of the night. Yes, the the main event was great and all. I know you and uh, Dylan love the main event, but I was like I was literally standing on the chair. All of us in the balcony seats, literally all of us were standing up. Like it was it was nail-biting. This was the point where I was like, okay, I really hope, and I told you this, I'm like, I really hope nobody says yes or says I quit so that it keeps going on because it was like the best thing I've ever seen. Uh-huh. It was like everybody got involved, the owner got involved, the one of the one of the uh, commentators got involved, one of the cameramen got involved, the ref uh went head to head with Bully Ray. It was like it was so good. I was I was like jaw dropped when I was watching it. Me and and Dylan. Dylan like Oh my god. I think we're they bleeding too. I think Flip was bleeding, right?
0: He was definitely bleeding. He's, yeah.
1: he had like a bloody face or something. He had a bloody face, I think. When yeah. he like when bully Ray took uh Flip's girlfriend? Or that was early
0: on too. That was before most of the shit yeah. went down. Yeah,
1: he like threatened to smash her on the mm-hmm. table. Oh my god god that's when everybody started standing up yeah they're like, like
0: holy shit that
1: was that's also like i'm i was thinking i'm like that's chanel wwe's walmart when it comes to that kind of stuff mm-hmm. i mean come on like yeah seriously that was a like, great match and it was
0: just a tease too it was just a tease with the women's thing with the power bombing of the woman i'm not saying to go out there like Lucha's is a little different at least they position the women and men equally mm-hmm. ring of honor would do that too but it's not like they're going in there and be just beating the shit out of the like the women. It's not like Bully Ray interrupted the women's match and beat the shit out of the women yeah. and ushered them out of the ring. Like that would be fucked up and stupid.
1: Well, they they allude to things. They kind of get your mind thing. Like, like the they, fire shit. I was just gonna say, like with when they put the lighter fluid on the table, mm-hmm. and just then, the
0: idea of it was awesome.
1: Exactly, that's what Lucha does. Like mm-hmm. they show you that they're really dirty and really out there and they're so like it's such a unique way of doing a match like i've never thought of getting someone's girlfriend and threatening to like power bomb or whatever it's called into the table like
0: which was clever never because thought of that if he had before he had done it the whole purpose of that spot was because he wanted flip and to say i quit so if he said i quit he's like okay i won't power bomb your girl as long as you say i quit and he mm-hmm. was about to before that guy Kerry Sullivan, who actually greeted us while we were in line to be uh, to meet Jeff Cobb, the founder, one of the um, founding fathers of Ring of Honor. Mm-hmm. He got involved. He took a bump from Bully Ray. So did the cameraman, the commentator, everybody. The ring announcer, com- everybody got involved here.
1: And it again, it was insane. It was like it was like pure madness. Oh my god!
0: A lot of shenanigans. You can't do it in. Every match, mind you. No. Because they had a lot of shenanigans in the next match, which I wasn't exactly a fan of, just because we had a lot in this match. So you can't have all the bullshit in every single match, because that gets annoying real quick. But, when the story is right, and you need to pay off a, a storyline the right way, this is how you fucking do it. Yeah. Because like I told you, he had bullied every one of those people that got involved. That got, Even the guy, the Sandman, when the lights went out and they came back on, and he fucking showed up, the place went fucking nuts.
1: Mm-hmm. So
0: again, everyone here served a purpose. I thought it was awesome. Everyone really, like, fucking killed it. Um, it was a lot of fun. And, um, yeah, everyone played their roles well. The match was awesome, if only for the crowd reaction. The crowd ate this shit up. Yeah. Again, this is, like, typical wrestling over-the-top, <clears throat> like, nonsensical shit, but in the best way possible. Oh, yeah. Like, this is stuff that you would assume that you would, like, a wrestling stereotype, but, like, it was done so masterfully that I didn't mind it whatsoever. It was
1: done. It was done perfectly, and it was, it's like, it's like having your dose of like alcohol. Like you, like it's a great thing. You can't have it all the time because if you do, then it's just like okay, whatever. That's I don't care. Like it's not that special. Exactly. But if you, you have it like it once in a while, yeah, you got to keep it special. Mhm. So. Yeah,
0: do it once in a while the right way with the right stories and the right people gonna be good exactly. it's gonna be magic it, you can create magic that even way even
1: i know it worked out everything was perfect mm-hmm. and i know like obviously i know nothing about that shit so exactly. it was it was really good And then bully amazing. ray gets
0: beaten in the end it was amazing i, yeah. I enjoyed this I, a lot
1: i maybe think it ended a little too quickly like, yeah they
0: could have milked that like him about to say i quit a little longer but yeah. that's merely nitpicking that's
1: exactly that's that was about it but other than that it was the my favorite match I've probably not I don't know if it was like my favorite one I've ever seen it was the most entertaining one I've ever seen Mm -hmm. I'll tell you that because there was a lot of you know shit that went down but
0: a lot of moving factors a lot of moving parts here
1: yeah so So,
0: good shit good shit two thumbs up Then the Ring of Honor World Championship match had a tough act to follow with that one it was the current champion, Jay Lethal, taking on one of the former champions, Cody, who had lost the championship one-on-one at Dalton Castle a year ago, Final Battle. He debuted against Jay Lethal two years ago, going full circle here in his final outing for Ring of Honor um, at Final Battle. I thought it was great. It was a very good match, very entertaining. The guys worked well together. A little slow early on. It took the, it took them some time, a lot like Skrull and Daniels, to get the crowd into it. Mm-hmm. And again, a tough act to follow coming off the I Quit match, and Cody... Was beloved when he came out. He, then was, he, said he was
1: stealing the show, to be honest.
0: He stole the show. It was a lot of smoke and mirrors. No pun intended, because his old theme song in WWE was called uh-huh. Smoke and Mirrors. But um, he was like, oh, you guys love me, and I think I love you, too. And just kidding, I don't love any one of you. Like, I hate all of you, blah, yeah. blah, blah. It was great. He managed to turn the crowd against him with one promo, which was outstanding.
1: In, yeah, in, and, in the matter of, like, one second. Mm-hmm.
0: Within seconds. And
1: my favorite part, though, which we got on video, is everybody chanting "Stardust."
0: Early on, that was it great, was, yeah. and
1: he just got so pissed. It, it was, was pissed at that. It was like probably one of my favorite. It was probably my favorite moment from that night.
0: And some insider knowledge too. When he was Stardust in WWE, people would chant Cody at him, and he would do the exact same thing. So the roles were reversed when he was in WWE. So it's funny that they're doing the exact opposite now.
1: Wow, no, that's ironic. Yeah.
0: So Jay Lethal was kind of playing up the Stardust shit. He was doing the hand thing. Yeah. And he, like, flipped him off. That, yeah, that was cool. That, that was, was awesome. So I enjoyed the hell out of that. This was a very good match. Jay Lethal still the Ring of Honor World Champion, as many expected. I mean, was, it was it's been well known for a while that he was leaving after Final Battle. He lost. They didn't do anything surprising, nor did they need to. Jay Lethal gets him to tap out to um, retain his championship. So any other two cents on this?
1: Um... Not about the match per se, because the match was like, the match was good. I was just focused on like Cody's character, like him building the character. Yeah, him like first, running around the ring, all, him, being an asshole. Him taking yeah. a taking a crowd member's beer and dumping it on his face. I like really, how do you get away with that shit? How do mm-hmm. you do that? And then another time, he was like, he kept getting like slammed into the barricade, and he took this crowd members beer on the other side and just starts chugging it and just Mm -hmm. threw it near the ring like yeah they really can get away with anything that's what makes it so unique pretty much yeah like i i don't i've never seen anything like this before Mm -hmm. i mean i don't watch a lot of wrestling a lot of different wrestling but this was this was something else and i i even told you like i have to start watching this it's so amazing
0: it was outstanding so again good stuff here the um the in circumstance with the Cody Rhodes thing and him going to the audience members and like kind of being a dick to them just so they would boo him was awesome.
1: That was perfectly done.
0: That was great. Really added a lot to the match because otherwise people would be cheering Cody and booing Jay Lethal, who was supposed to be the babyface, although he cheated the win, so I'm not exactly sure what they were going for with that, but overall, very entertaining match. Then we get to the main event, Ladder War 7. They do not do this often. They number them because they only do it every few years. They've done it at Final Battle before with Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn back in 2012 in that very same building, I'm pretty sure, which is pretty cool. They've done it with the Young Bucks before and a few other tag teams. Um, The first Ladder War in over two years. I was at the last one in Lowell, Massachusetts, so I was fortunate enough to be at this one as well. Complete chaos and anarchy. This was unbelievable from bell to bell. Again, one of those matches where you cannot take your eye off the action. No. I'm not even going to attempt to recount everything that happened here, recount and recall mm-hmm. everything that went that that went down in this war, which is exactly what it was billed as and ended up being. Mm-hmm. But um, just a lot of fun, a, a lot, lot of blood, a lot of blood, buckets of blood being bled by almost every guy in this match, broken ladders, broken tables. Ugh. Oh flying God. chairs. Broken
1: bones, I swear to God. Broken
0: bones as well. Everything was being broken in this match except for woken Matt Hardy. Yes, broken Matt.
1: Was, oh, oh yes, yes. That, was, yes. that was very bad, very bad.
0: Yes. Anyway, um exactly. <laughs> yes. The match was awesome. Thoroughly enjoyed it. Great way to kick off or end the show rather. Could not have closed the show with anything else but this bout, I feel. Nothing was gonna top this. Nothing did top it. Story told was excellent. Crowd loved it. Everyone involved. Three thumbs up for all the effort put into this. Mm-hmm. This was exceptional.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, the surprise win here—I f- kind of figured the Young Bucks weren't going to win because it was their last night with Ring of Honor. They lost, um, so they took—they—they they lost here. The Briscoes are now ten-time Ring of Honor World Tag Team Champions in SoCal and since are no longer the tag team champions either. It looks like they might be on their way out as well, which is kind mm-hmm. of unfortunate because I enjoy them. But yeah, kind of a surprise finish. A bit anticlimactic. It also ended, it felt, like, a bit abruptly. Dylan said that's the same ex- thing to that's me. That's
1: exactly how I felt it. Ended I felt like... the same
0: way. either. You know, like, oh, I thought it could have gone a little bit longer. I did read after the fact, the match was going to go until, like, uh, like, 10 minutes longer or 15 minutes longer, which is a really? lot of time. You yeah. Know? They got cut short for time because they went almost the full four hours, so they had to end it pretty abruptly. Um, I think that was why, because they had nine matches on the show, and it's not like WWE where they had, like, ten matches at TLC. Yeah. And they had to, like, you know, give each one five, ten minutes. Like, no, they really give time to each and every match. Yeah. The final two matches went 40 minutes in, you know, in total. 45 well, I'd minutes. rather
1: I'd rather have less and have it take, like, more time. Because it's quality over quantity. Like, yeah, Like, exactly. I don't want, like, 20 matches and then yeah. have them be really terrible. Exactly. I'd rather have, like... You know they could have had less matches here
0: yeah but at least the four hours flew by so I will say that even it more did. so TLC dragged when we were watching it earlier this one really flew by well, maybe just because we were there but well
1: I will tell you oh uh, I will tell you because the first couple of matches like I'm like okay this is like yeah this is good I just have to I have to get used like I'm trying to get myself into it because I don't know anything um or not anything I, know you're I saying don't that. know a lot so I'm kind of being thrown into like I don't know, some dark waters or whatever. Yeah, but no, that makes sense. It was like after after a few minutes I have to get I'm like, okay, I'm into it and then all of a sudden it was like ten fifty five. I'm like, mm-hmm. What?
0: Exactly. And the so, show ended, yeah.
1: Yeah. But the the last match was that was really good. I mean
0: It was fucking crazy. I,
1: I also I love some of these characters on there too, like the the Briscoes which were the ones that they won.
0: Yeah, they were basically, like I told you on the way out, they're basically Ring of Honors. They've been there since day one, too, which is why they're 10-time tag team champions. They're basically WWE or Ring of Honors version of WWE's Usos, but like turned up to a 12 with like the swearing and the flipping off and shit like that. And the yeah, bleeding. they get
1: away with a lot of stuff. Yeah. I mean, that's why kids don't go to that show. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Do you imagine? There no. were not a lot of kids at that show. No. At all. I don't think that's in. Well, I don't think that's, uh, what's it called? Uh, encouraged.
0: No, I mean I don't know if it's pg 13 it might be yeah I mean, you know see. I mean it's also at eight o'clock on a Friday night so it's not like it's a Sunday it's like oh yeah, like the house show it's like night and day compared to the house show that we yeah. went to with that would be oh
1: my God a few
0: months ago they was,
1: put their passion and their work into every single match you can tell like
0: they really left it oh, all on the line on this one yeah on this show everybody
1: and it's a smaller it's like a smaller scale so mm-hmm. it's like one of those it's like um it's like a what's it called? Like, a family Italian restaurant. Like, they have a lot of good family food Family-run restaurant. Yeah. yeah, like, or as opposed to, like, a chain restaurant. Like yeah, like a mom-and-pop, I think that's like... what it's
0: called. Yeah, a mom-and-pop-run restaurant. Yeah. yeah, Absolutely. WWE feels more like, I mean, again, there's, there's some, you know, entertaining parts. and Not everything's awful, but, like, it feels yeah, no, more not saturated and more, like, watered down.
1: Exactly. It feels more like, like, when we were watching TLC today, it's like, I can't look at it the same. No. I can't it's look at WWE not, doing yeah. the
0: same. You can. Once you go once you go to Ring of Honor, you can never go back.
1: No. Like yeah. every every match kind of had similar elements. It's like either someone turns on someone, someone cheats. Like it's just like okay. Oh, so
0: uh, let's let's focus on the arm in every single match like, or focus I, on the shoulder.
1: I told you I told you this la- or not last night. Uh the other day after we watched that pay-per-view. Um it's like they're WWE's like relying on stuff like heel turns or um, like cheap things like that to
0: garner interest, yeah.
1: To exactly to make it more entertaining. Whereas Ring of Honor is focusing on like technical wrestling, or they're getting the crowd involved, like, or they're actually doing something outrageous when they need to, or when they should, mm-hmm. or when it makes the most sense. And that makes it more like it's more quality, it's better quality stuff. Yeah, I and agree. it's Better to watch.
0: Mm-hmm. So, and it's also not just wrestling either like in the ring action wrestling like mm-hmm. I said this show had everything a little bit of something for everyone it did from the main event to Lethal and Cody to Gordon and Bully Ray which I thought was great um, Skirl and Daniels Tevin and Castle even Saber and uh, Gresham the women's 4-way Cobb and Paige, and even Kenny King and Eli Eisen I thought overall great show no like backstage segments you notice that like no pre or post match interviews no. Nothing. I mean, they Nothing. save that stuff for the TV show and YouTube and online, whatever. No interviews. But you don't... No promos. You need it sometimes. Well... On a show like this, so on a pay-per-view, you gotta see that stuff for the regular TV show.
1: Yeah, well, um, here's here's the thing. You don't need... They didn't need all that stuff. They didn't need, like, all the exposition or yeah, The rest of wrestling that. They... spoke for itself. Exactly. Everything spoke for itself.
0: And the video packages, too, they did a good job of, like, getting you familiar with the stories. And they weren't lengthy. Which they can be. WWE is the best in the world of creating like vignettes and video packages yeah. and shit. But still, you don't even need those. Like the wrestling speaks for itself. And yeah. we didn't even hear the commentary. The commentary would have been even better to kind of get you familiar with what's going on and get you familiar with the stories. Didn't even need it. Didn't even, didn't even need, need, need it. it. Yeah, exactly. It's like you
1: also don't even need it to be entertained because it's just, it's pure entertainment. And it's, no. And it's really great quality entertainment too. So
0: It was fantastic.
1: 500 thumbs up for me
0: thoroughly enjoyed the show absolutely loved it like i said it's not saying much because i've only been to four but yet by far the best ring of honor show that i've been to um and i told you this the other day might have been the best show i've been to all year and i've been to a lot of shows i believe
1: that because it was insane
0: i've been to almost a dozen shows this year from wwe now ring of honor independent shows the show that i went to with your dad and dylan a few months ago um that covers a lot of ground including three takeovers this might be better than any one of the takeovers that I've been to. In terms of overall experience, wow. the amount of fun that I've had, it was just fantastic. So, mm-hmm. um, again, would absolutely go back. I'm not sure. Usually they announce a return date for the for the Hammerstein Ballroom um, in New York City. I think they might be back. I think the next time they're in New York is the Ring of Honor New Japan Supercard show over WrestleMania weekend, which... Already got two tickets too. Hoping you can join me for Heck that. yeah! Time will, uh, we will soon see and time will tell. But, um, it's got the Japanese people on it too, which are also great. I haven't really I don't really follow that too much, but they're awesome. Like that guy Kenny Omega that I was showing you before. Yeah, he should be on that show unless he doesn't resign in New Japan. The Ring of Honor guys, the Elite is done now. They had their final promo after the match, which I forgot to mention. They are done with the Ring of Honor, that leaves behind a very big void, and also SCU that also might be done with the Ring of Honor. So they have a very big void to fill with people they got to bring in and sign mm-hmm. new wrestlers and whatever, but if this shows any indication, I think they can do it. I have full faith in Ring of Honor to kind of rebound and maintain this momentum even in 2019, so again, great stuff. The Elite was uh, super over here, very cool to see their what was apparently their final night in Ring of Honor. I know they taped a few matches the next night for their TV taping, which are going to air over the coming months. Beyond that, though, this was it. This was their final hurrah in Ring of Honor, mm-hmm. so... Fantastic stuff. So, any other final takeaways and two cents on Ring of Honor Final Battle
1: 2018? Um, I will be watching.
0: We'll be tuning in. Just as soon as we speak. In. Actually, as we speak, as soon as we're done recording here, we're recording this on Monday night before Raw. Ring of Honor usually uploads their uh, weekly television show mm-hmm. on Mondays on their streaming service Honor Club, but um, it should already be up um, now on the Fight TV So, We're going to tune into that momentarily, so... That being said, Alexis, any uh, final thoughts for the audience before we let you go? Where can they find you? Twitter, Instagram, Gmail, AIM, Xbox Live, Xbox uh, Live, snail mail address, UPO, <laughs> anything uh, you like to plug for the people?
1: Um, not this time. I'll not it, this keep, time. I'll, I'll I'll pull a ring of honor and keep it special.
0: Keep it special. Okay, I like that. I like that. Well, I'll plug it anyway on the Twitter machine oh,
1: God when it. I plug this
0: podcast. And I uh, mentioned that you are on here for the review okay. of Ring of Honor Final Battle 2018.
1: Fair enough. Can't wait until next time.
0: Can't wait till to talk to you in the new year in 2019. You will be joining me here on WrestleRant Radio for God knows what. I'm sure you'll be back. Like I say, every single time, every single time I say you'll be back here on the show, it's you know it's gonna be a few months from now, whatever ends up being like the very next month, <laughs> the very next like week. Yeah. Like we had that house show review a few months ago. We're back on the show two weeks later to help me break down Crown Jewel because that's how bad it was. Yeah, exactly. Well, I I, not... I
1: demanded I go. Out you there. demanded your airtime to. here on
0: Russell Rant Radio. It was terrible. And not only that, um, I did not anticipate you coming on until next year. And then you're like, "The show's so good," or I said that rather, "The show's so good." I got to have you on ASAP. So if something's super bad, like WWE Crown Jewel or the epitome of awesomeness, that being Final Battle, you got to come on here on the show. So. People demand more Alexis here on WrestleRant Radio. Hopefully it's not long before we have you back here on the Mm A-Show, that being WrestleRant Radio in the new year. So until next time, my love, enjoy your holiday season, and I'll catch your ass down the road. All right. Big thanks to Alexis once again for joining me here today on WrestleRant Radio for the third, fourth time in the last couple of months. She's been on the show a number of times before to help me break down the latest happenings in WWE. It was only fitting to have her come back here on the show to help give our onset report for the Ring of Honor Final Battle pay-per-view from last Friday. Again, we had a great time. Cannot wait to be back at Ring of Honor for the MSG show over WrestleMania weekend. If you guys already weren't aware, I will be at the MSG show, hopefully with Alexis if she can make it. I'm getting my fingers crossed that she can make it too. MSG, Ring of Honor, New Japan Pro Wrestling, the G1 Supercard. It's going to be a great time um, over WrestleMania weekend in a few shorter months. But... Enough of Ring of Honor, enough of New Japan, enough of the indie stuff for right now. And the remainder of the show, which we don't have too much time left, I'm going to be talking about the latest happenings in the WWE world. Now, I could spend an entire show, even maybe even more than that, talking all about TLC, Raw, and SmackDown, but because the Ring of Honor review went long, I'm just going to kind of sum up my thoughts on those shows in a nutshell. Well... Real quickly, TLC from Sunday I thought was a very good show. Um, By no means an amazing event. By no means the best pay-per-view of the year. I still regard Evolution as that show, in my opinion. The best pay-per-view WWE put on in 2018. Um, That being said, though, I thought it had enough great matches to make it a worthwhile event. Now, the four hours did drag. There were some questionable booking decisions. But overall, I enjoyed myself watching the show. Alexis and I, because we went to final battle on Friday, we worked on Saturday, Sunday, we watched the show on Monday. A little late, right before Raw, but we enjoyed it nonetheless. Uh, The main event and the Cruiserweight Championship match and the WWE Championship match were easily among the best bouts of the night. Hands down, no dispute, no argument there. I thought the main event was exceptional. Asuka reigning supreme as the new SmackDown Women's Champion over Charlotte Flair and Becky Lynch in the first ever women's triple threat TLC match. And not only that, Daniel Bryan retaining successfully his WWE Championship over AJ Styles earlier in the evening. So again, two outstanding matches, must-see marquee matchups. If you haven't already, checked those out. They were the biggest highlights from the pay-per-view on Sunday. So if you don't want to watch the full four-hour show, you're going to enjoy those two bouts. Um, You're going to enjoy the show, if only for those two matchups. So, And the Cruiserweight Championship match, which was placed on the kickoff show, was also very good. The rest of the show I thought was solid. Um, Dean Ambrose and Seth Rollins was severely underwhelming. Um, the This Is Boring chance kind of spoke for themselves, unfortunately. Rollins rarely receives This Is Boring chance, but that match, it, it, it was pretty boring. Got to call a spade a spade. I'm glad that match did not end the night, did not end the evening. Um, I thought the women's TLC match was obviously more deserving of that spot, and I'm glad they went on uh, last with that match as opposed to either like Braun and Corbin or Rousey and Jax or Dean Ambrose and, you know, Seth Rollins. I would not have argued with them closing with Brian and AJ, but I still do think the women were more deserving of that spot, and they closed the show out on the best note possible. So again, overall, I would give it a thumbs up, maybe a thumb and a half up. Um, I thought TLC was a very solid, enjoyable event, closing out the year for WWE on a high note, figuratively and literally. Um, But that was far from the only newsworthy thing to happen in WWE this week. At the start of the show on Monday's Raw, it was announced that Mr. McMahon, Triple H, Shane McMahon, and Stephanie McMahon are all going to be taking control of Raw and SmackDown going forward. So yes, the McMahons are back in charge to -to day-to-day operations. Now, this has never really not been the case. Let's face it here, this is nothing now. Stephanie Stephanie McMahon, dating back to the... Dawn of the second brand split, two and a half years ago, was named the Raw commissioner. Shane McMahon, at that point, was donned, was deemed, at the dawn, at the beginning of the second brand split, the SmackDown commissioner. So again, they've always been in charge of their respective shows. Um, but they've always kind of been in the background. Stephanie, we have not seen in a regular role on Raw in a long time. Probably since right before WrestleMania. Shane was off TV for a while coming out of WrestleMania, before being brought back around October... And he's been on the show non-stop ever since. And I like Shane, but overexposure is overexposure. It does not exactly help him, and it's not the uh, greatest role for him to be in. And the whole teasing of a heel turn, it's some weird stuff. So not only those two, but obviously Vince has always been on charge. We rarely see him on WWE TV nowadays, but he is back in a regular role in the show. If his appearance on SmackDown was any indication, Shane was also on SmackDown this week. Triple H is back, Stephanie's back. So I'm not a big fan of this. I am a fan of getting rid of authority figures, like the general manager positions. I love Paige. I feel like she's the biggest victim of all of this because I thought she was a great, fantastic fit for that GM role on SmackDown. She can't wrestle anymore. She obviously took to the role. She enjoyed doing it. She was surprised as anyone on Twitter this past week when it was revealed on Monday's Raw that GMs would be a no more and that the McMahons were taking over both Raw and SmackDown. (laughs) She seemed a little bit shocked by that, so it would not surprise me in the slightest that if they didn't tell Paige about the news ahead of time, and that she found out when the rest of us did, when watching Raw on Monday night. That would not surprise me at all. Um, So I don't know what happens to Paige moving forward. It was addressed at the beginning of SmackDown that they're going to find more responsibilities for her, a different role in the show. No one really knows yet. I could see her maybe becoming a commentator. I feel like that's not her strong suit. We've seen her do commentary before. I feel like that's not exactly something that she would thrive at. I thought the GM stuff was perfect for her. Now, if they want to appoint someone to be the head of both the Raw and SmackDown women's divisions, I think that would be a good idea. Um, Because, you know, Alexa Bliss was doing that for a while on Raw. I guess that's now null and void that Baron Corbin is out of control. That was not addressed on Monday's Raw, but I assume that's no longer the case. Because Alexa Bliss did not appear on Monday's Raw, but based off what the McMahons were saying... Alexa Bliss's position as the head of the Raw Women's Division is no more. But with Paige, I don't know where she goes from here. It really is a shame they had to knock the authority uh, authority figure positions out. Just for her sake. Just because I feel like she would have been a um, a much better you know authority figure. And she has been a much better GM than either Shane or even Daniel Bryan was for a while. So it's a shame that she has to kind of suffer because of their changes on both the Raw and SmackDown rosters. That being said... Uh, The McMahons being back in charge is not exactly something I'm a big fan of, if only because we've seen it before. The more things change with WWE, the more they stay the same. This has been the case forever. Dating back to the late 90s, with the McMahons being all over WWE programming, they just can't seem to stay away for long. It always is out, it's always about the McMahons, no matter what, whether it's Vince, whether it's Sheen, whether it's Stephanie, whether it's Triple H, or a combination of all four, or including Linda, so including all five, which Linda was around for like a cup of coffee in the early 2000s, so let's not drag her into this. But beyond those folks, it's always about the McMahons at the end of the day. They just can't seem to stay away and can't seem to focus on anyone else but themselves at the top of the... Food chain of the company. If one of them's gone, usually the other one's around for the time being soon after. Um, You know, until the other one comes back. And then they're all back. And then they're all gone for like a week or two. And then another one comes back. And another one. And another one. It's Just a recurring, never-ending cycle. And it does nothing to add to my intrigue of Raw and SmackDown. I think if they really want to turn things around for the sinking ship that is Monday Night Raw and SmackDown to an extent, it all changes... With the creative team. It all changes with the writing of the shows. Whether it's <clears throat> you know Vince approving the shows. Whether it's the creative writing team. Having a lack of ideas. Whoever fault it is. That needs to change first. I don't know if someone needs to be fired. Or someone needs to be hired. Or something needs to be changed. With the writing process of these shows. Because if nothing changes. In terms of how the shows are written. Then nothing is going to change. In terms of how we view the show. Every Monday and Tuesday night. It's going to be the same shows. That we've been seeing for months now specifically Raw. SmackDown is much more bearable than Raw. Um, but with Raw, though, unless something changes at the top, then nothing will change. And seeing Vince come out, seeing Shane come out, seeing Stephanie come out, seeing Triple H come out to make matches every week is not exactly what I want to say. Now, Vince did see did say at the start of his promo on Monday's Raw, though, that we're, we're done with the days of absentee management. We're done with the days of absentee management. And I'm like, I'd rather have absentee management than an absentee champion. Like, that was never addressed, the Brock Lesnar situation was never addressed, the fact that he's fucking Universal Champion, despite the fact that he never shows up on the show, and that he's been Universal Champion by and large, since April of 2017, a whopping two years ago, this guy became a world champion, and has really not been in the show ever since. Um, that was never really addressed, and I'm sure that will, you know, be taken care of, hopefully come the Rumble, if Braun can beat Brock, otherwise, why would you give Braun another shot at the championship? Even if Braun does beat Brock, I still don't care. I've talked about this before, but at least it's better than having Brock around as champion because the guy's never fucking around. So anyway, the absentee management stuff, I would honestly prefer. Like, I preferred the days of Jack Tunney from, like, the 90s and the 80s and whatnot when we would have, a, like, a commissioner that would only show up when necessary, and it was a big deal. Like, William Regal as a prime example. Yes, the guy will film probably, like, weekly segments backstage to announce matches or confront superstars. Da, 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 but he never really appears in front of the live crowd unless it's a big deal, unless they save it for like a big happening, which I really enjoy. Um, so yeah, with you know uh, with, with absentee management, I would rather have a GM that's not really around, that is more so heard from rather than seen, than what we are bound to be getting going forward with the authority essentially being back in power. Now again, oh yeah, it's all about the people for now. Yeah, for a fucking cup of coffee before they turn heel, so it suits their narrative. Until Triple H turns heel in time for his WrestleMania matchup, then it's going to be all different, with them booking more matches that are no different than what Baron Corbin was doing before he lost power a few weeks ago at DLC on Sunday. So again, I'm willing to give it a chance, I'm willing to have some faith... And the company to do the right thing and turn things around before it's too late. It's arguably already too late. A lot of people have already turned out Raw, tuned out on Raw, are not watching on the weekly anymore, are not going to give it another chance because they know the company's track record of disappointing them when it matters most and fucking up when it matters most. So I do not blame those people for not wanting to give them a chance. Maybe being the optimistic fool that I am, I'm giving them more, um, more of a chance than I probably should. But that being said, I'm also not an idiot. Like, I've seen what this company's done before with Raw and with SmackDown, and it's all just lip service. It's all just a bunch of empty promises until they put any of this into action. We'll soon see. I mean, the next two weeks will likely not be all that indicative of what's going to happen on Raw and SmackDown. Like, how different are the shows going to be going into 2019 just because the next two weeks of programming fall on holidays. Next week, Raw's on Christmas Eve, SmackDown's on Christmas. Uh, which have already been taped, by the way. Raw for next week was taped after Raw this week, and the Christmas SmackDown was taped after SmackDown on Tuesday. And then the very next week, the New Year's Eve Raw and the New Year's Day Raw will also be taped in advance, I think over the weekend before Christmas, like this coming weekend, if I'm not mistaken. Um, Or maybe soon after that, maybe the weekend before New Year's Eve. That makes more sense. So that being said, I'm not exactly sure when these changes will go into effect for Raw and SmackDown. I am intrigued and interested to find out um, what they do with these respective changes. Like it was announced on Monday's Raw, like there are some reasons to get excited. It doesn't matter who you bring up; it, it's 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 the same fucking show. If you stop, if you stop writing this the, the same way that they have, unless they change the writing process, like I said, nothing will change. It doesn't matter if they bring back CM Punk tomorrow or if Chris Benoit comes back from the dead. It doesn't matter what happens; it is still going to be the same show no matter what. If they don't change the booking, then nothing's going to happen. That being said, there are reasons to be optimistic. We're getting a few returning superstars, we're getting a few new stars on both Raw and SmackDown. It didn't they didn't say which brands yet, but like, they're not brand specific, but I'm sure they don't even know yet. They just kind of drew names out of a fucking hat from NXT. Oh, look, the NXT roster. Oh, look, uh, fucking Heavy Machinery. They're coming at Raw SmackDown. Like, I would not be surprised if that was the case. Because a lot of these people coming up are like misfits. But at the same time, I'm happy it's not people like Aleister Black or Velveteen Dream or Undisputed Era or Johnny Gargano or Tommaso Ciampa or any one of those guys. Just because they're too big of stars to be called up via a video package. Like, that's a waste. I'd rather call up, like, the mid-carders from NXT, who do have potential. Like, it's not like they're calling up the finest Kona Reeves, like, none, none of the fucking losers. Like, they're calling up people that make sense, and I like that. They're calling up people that can have potential on the main roster, but they're not gonna, like, burn the house down. I mean, they could, I doubt it, but they're not people that, you know, can be saved as a surprise for, like, right after WrestleMania, Like, for the Raw after WrestleMania, or the SmackDown after WrestleMania, or the Royal Rumble match. Like, I would have said ec 3 is a surprise in the Royal Rumble match. That's just me, but whatever. Um, But still, I mean, EC3 is coming up. We have Lars Sullivan, who we already knew about. Um, Heavy Machinery, Lacey Evans, and Nikki Cross. So, two guys, a tag team, and two women. I think that's pretty evenly distributed. I, I, I like that a lot, so... Um, I won't go into all my specific details and thoughts on the call-ups I talked more or so about that on hashtag for this week, so check out that show if you haven't already and which brands I think those stars should land on. But I'm looking forward to that. We have Kevin Owens coming back, Sami Zayn's coming back. Kevin Owens, I'm not entirely sure what's going on with him because he got hurt back in October. He had surgery on both of his legs or knees or whatever it was. So I don't know if he's going to be out for longer and they're just bringing him back in a non active role, like in a non-physical role, I'm not really sure, Sami Zayn it would make sense that he is back to compete now, that he has been cleared he's been out of action now for like 6 months so that sounds about right with the timetable they set for his return uh, back in June, so hopefully he is back in the ring before the Royal Rumble if not at the Royal Rumble, same thing with Kevin Owens but yeah, Raw's gonna get a shot in the arm with that new, you know, the new batch of fresh faces coming up from NXT and the returns of Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn but again The more things change, the more they stay the same, with the McMahons on top and the people writing these shows. Yeah, Raw was marginally better this week than it normally is, thanks to the layout of the show. Didn't drag as much. The gauntlet match, I thought, was good. I thought the four-way to crown new number one contenders to the tag titles was good. The Revival one That's a step in the right direction. Tyler Breeze showed up for a change. We had some fresh faces, some new matchups. Again, they promised that at the start of the show. I would expect them to deliver on that on night one. But what about night two? Or night three? Or night four, five, and six? It's really more a matter of what they do going forward and what the aftermath of this whole shakeup is than what they do in the moment. So, again, ask me in a month what has really changed. Or a month or two, or after WrestleMania even, what has really changed about Raw? And my answer may change, it may not. I honestly have zero expectations. I have come to the conclusion that with WWE, you have to expect nothing and appreciate everything, at least when it comes to Raw. And it's hard to appreciate things when it comes to Raw nowadays because Raw has been abysmal for months. But with SmackDown, though, I do have faith that they can get a shot in the arm, too, with some fresh faces on their roster. They need more tag teams. The women's scene is solid, but they need more women that matter or start booking the women that matter more. Like, I've been saying for weeks, the women... Not that they don't get a ton of television time, but I said the, you know, whatever happened with Evolution was null and void. The Evolution pay-per-view because any momentum they had from that show went straight down the fucking toilet because they went back to booking them like Afterthoughts and Raw and SmackDown to an extent. Though Becky Lynch and Charlotte have been killing it on that show and now Asuka's the new champion, so I'm fine with it. But, um... You know, they got a whole hour dedicated to them on Mondays Raw with that gauntlet match main event, which was not supposed to be the main event. I don't think anyone was planning on that being the last match on the show. So I thought that was cool. That was a refreshing change of pace. Um, was by no means the gauntlet match that we saw earlier this year that was, you know, with the phenomenal performance from Seth Rollins and all those other superstars. That was a much better gauntlet match. But that was still solid. It was a good way to close out the show. You know, gave, you know, shine some spotlight on... Um, shine some light on some of the newer faces, like some people that we don't ordinarily see on Raw, like Alicia Fox and Dana Brooke and Ember Moon. And Natalia won the whole thing. We have Natalia and Ronda Rousey for the Raw Women's Championship um, coming up next week on the Christmas Eve Raw. We have that. We have Elias and Bobby Lashley in a miracle on 34th Street fight. Take that for what you will. Take that for what it is. SmackDown, we have Samoa Joe and um, Jeff Hardy. We have... For the United States Championship, Rusev versus Shinsuke Nakamura. So it's shaping up to be a, a, a few solid shows. I don't them. I don't expect them to take the show seriously, just because they do fall on the holidays. But we'll see. We'll see what happens with these shows. If they're any 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 fun, entertaining at all. I mean, I expect them to be. I don't expect them to be these new, this all new fresh star as WWE was promising this past week on Raw and SmackDown. I think that will go into effect after the new year. But nonetheless, it is a step in the right direction to see that they are taking steps in delivering better content and delivering more compelling programming. Because in recent months, it's been very hard to find reasons to watch Raw specifically. SmackDown's been a lot better, NXT has been amazing since day one. Always has been great. Likely always will be great. So when in doubt, watch NXT or Ring of Honor, like we talked about earlier, to go full circle. But we're on SmackDown. The jury is still out. And we will soon see whether WWE will stick to their promises, see those promises through, and make Raw a much better show and improve upon their mistakes. And, you know, they've already realized where they went wrong because they acknowledged it through the Seth Rollins promo last week. What's really indicative, what really speaks the loudest volumes is whether they follow through on making it a better show. Knowing what's wrong with the show, and not attempting to improve it, makes Raw that much worse. But, if they want to change that moving forward, they will put forth the effort to make it the best show that it could possibly be. Maybe not attitude-era levels. Maybe not freaking like PG-14 level shit. It doesn't have to be. You don't have to be PG-14 to have a good wrestling show. Look at SmackDown. Look at NXT. Look at Ring of Honor. Like You don't have to have a PG-14 show... They have a great wrestling show. Raw just needs to stop writing bad storylines. Yes, it is tough to write a three-hour show. I saw Seth Rollins complaining about that on Twitter last week. I get it. At the same time, though, at the same time, it really speaks volumes that the best idea that they can come up for people has to do with peeing on robes and all this other dumb shit like handicap matches and stuff like that. That is just pure lazy writing, pure laziness. So again, if they really want to change people's perceptions of Raw and SmackDown, specifically Raw, they'll take action now and actually deliver on what they promised on Monday's Raw with new faces, new matchups, but more importantly, a new creative direction. Because if not, nothing will change. Anyway, guys, thank you for joining me for WrestleRant Radio here today, the penultimate Ultimate episode before the final show next week. Once again, big thanks to Alexis for joining me for the Ring of Honor Final Battle 2018 pay-per-view review and the on report from one of the best shows I've been to all year round. But it's not over yet. We got one last show next Thursday breaking down the review and the results. Uh, reviewing the results, rather, from the 2018 WWE NXT Year in Review Awards, as voted on by you fine folks. If you haven't already, you got six days left to vote. we got next Wednesday, we're closing the polls before we break down the results on next Thursday show with Mr. Marceau, RJ underscore Marceau on the Twitter machine. Vote for the Match of the Year, Superstar of the Year, Feud of the Year, Tag Team of the Year, Women's Wrestler of the Year, and so much more. In the polls right now on nextairwrestling.net. One final plug for you guys. You can check out new episodes of Wrestle Rant Radio every single Thursday, not only on nextairwrestling.net, also on iTunes. It's available if you simply search up Wrestle Rant Radio on the Apple Podcast app. Rate the show, review the show, subscribe to the show. You not only get every new episode on Thursdays, you also get every archived episode dating back to October of 2013. And that note, folks, find me on social media on Twitter at WrestleRant, Facebook at facebook.com backslash Graham.GSM.Matthews, on YouTube as well, YouTube.com backslash Graham.GSM or Graham GSM Matthews, whatever the hell it is, YouTube.com backslash C backslash Graham GSM Matthews. Getting the links mixed up here, but nonetheless, guys, enjoy your awesome Christmas coming up next week. We are five days out for one of the best holidays of the year, five, six days. I think it's five days from today. Nonetheless, guys, have a great holiday season. I'm Graham GSM Matthews, and I'll catch your ass down the reindeer road. We'll be right